1: Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience, presented by DraftKings 2022 FedEx St. Jude Championship. First look, research, picks, preview, trying to break it down all for you. It's the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoff. So when I do my walkthrough on fantasynational.com, obviously the field cannot be loaded in as of yet because I'm doing this before the conclusion of the Wyndham Championship, which means... We don't know exactly what the field is going to be at the St. Jude Championship. So it's no longer the St. Jude Invitational. It's now the St. Jude Championship, the first leg of the FedEx Cup playoffs. We got 125 players in the field. Tommy Fleetwood has taken a pass. Uh, his mother recently. Passed away, So thoughts with Tommy Fleetwood. Uh, He'll be skipping this time around and we'll see him later on during the DP World Tour swing season and maybe a few times during the PGA Tour swing season once that shakes itself out and we have the new schedule release. I'm excited to talk about that with Jeff Feinberg on Monday because there are some interesting parts of the new schedules. They try to combat the Live Tour, but 124 players now in the field in Memphis next week and maybe there are some other guys higher up in the FedEx Cup standings who will be taking it. Pass. We just don't know who those players are yet. We also don't know who like the final five guys are going to be. Fortunately, if you just sort by PGA Tour players on Fantasy National, we have a good sense of the top 120 are going to be in and then we'll see what the final spots shake out to see if those guys can earn enough points. The top 70 in the standings will move on to the BMW Championship a week from now. And then two weeks from now, Eastlake Tour Championship top 30 in the FedEx Cup standings I'll try to battle it out for that big, big cash prize. Could have just signed on the live tour and played exhibition events, but now they are choosing to compete to try to win the big money at the top of the PGA Tour FedEx Cup playoff standings. This is one of the best fields of the year. Every single year. Uh, Now, it's a bit watered down because the Live guys obviously can't play. Although, they filed an antitrust lawsuit. Ten of them have from the Live tour to see. I I know, like, Matt Jones is one of them. Uh, Phil Mickelson, I guess it doesn't really matter for him. But I think that Matt Jones is technically still in the FedEx Cup top 125. So, I mean, just why not have your cake and eat it too, right? You're going to get all this money for playing on Live, the signing bonuses, the huge prize pools. But you might as well see if you can still play in the FedEx Cup playoffs. Maybe go on a run and win another couple extra million dollars. Why not, right? I guess if they feel like they have a leg to stand on, why would they? Why wouldn't they be doing this? Uh, I mean, there's a lot of talk. I don't want to get into the whole. Let's talk about oh, we don't want to play all that often. I mean, it, there's millions of bucks at stake here, and these ones are not necessarily guaranteed money. But you play well, you do win a lot of money in the FedEx Cup. But normally, this was. I mean, this was the Saint Jude classic. And Daniel was like the Daniel Berger Open. It used to get like a few top names coming to it a few years back. And then it switched to a WGC for the past three years, I believe. Yeah, Thomas, Brooks, and Anser ended up winning the WGC FedEx St. Jude Invitational. That was the last three years. And now it's a FedEx Cup playoff event because the WGCs are obviously basically gone at this point. We do have the WGC match play, but that's about it. I love this course, TPC Southwind. It's one of the better ones on the PGA Tour, and we'll jump into it in a second. But I do have a few announcements. This is the final research show of the season. we got to convert back to three days a week for NFL Talk and only two days a week for golf. So we'll still have the Monday Golf Show with Feinberg, the Wednesday Chat Show for, well, I mean, this week, Tambo's away, so I'll have a guest replace him on the chat show, so tune in Monday to find out what time that's going to be at, probably 9.15 a.m. Eastern time on Wednesday morning, Uh, and then for Eastlake, we're not doing it. Knowing, like, DraftKings is fun and all, but, like, a 30-man field with weird, wonky starting positions, not the most fun uh, for DraftKings purposes. He'll be full-time NFL by that point, outside of the Monday show with Jeff, where we'll continue to lose money on bets, because that's what we do every single week. Hopefully, the win turns out well for us. We got a few runners. It would be nice just to see some of the tides turn our way for once. But, you know, still a lot of golf left to play. Like 87 people made the cut. More on that in a second. The Listeners League is now open. The final Golf Listeners League of the season. We boosted it back up to 2,500 spots for the week. Three max entry. Rake free. $15 to play, best tournament on DraftKings, that whole spiel. So find the link down in the description right now. Go reserve your spot because it's going to take a little bit little bit of time for the DraftKings pricing to come out on Monday, I'm guessing. And then there's going to be none at the BMW Championship for the listeners. Like, we're going to open the Week 1 NFL contest. And the quicker you guys can start filling that, the more at ease I'm going to be. I'm aiming for 6,000 spots for Week 1. Um... We'll See if we end up getting that high. I might cap it at $5,000 and make it you know $15 entry, three max, same as the golf league, but it's going to be for NFL. It's easy stuff. Uh, and you know, flat rate or no rake, flat payouts like five grand, 7,500, depending on the amount of people up top. Best tournament on drafting. Spread the word about the listeners league because it gets me more clicks for the show. Because you got to find the link in the show because that's how it works. So let's fill this one up. And with a bang, hopefully one of you out there, I mean, one of you out there is going to win the big money this week. And, I mean, I hope that it's me. Probably not going to be me. But I do, like I said, really like TPC Southwind. It's one of the best. Uh, Shout out to my guy Stewie, who used the RunTheSims.com app preseason projections turned like 35 bucks into a grant in the NFL Hall of Fame game. Uh, If you want to get in on the DFS package and the betting package, they're the same thing. It's like the customizable optimizer, the props tool. It's all tools. There's no like advice on the site. You can run the baseline projections. You can mess around with it. Run your optimizers, the showdown optimizers. Run the sims.com early bird package is still out at the moment. I think it's like 249 for the year. That's going up to 300 in the second half of August. However, it's 249 right now. Use Runthesims.com/slash mayo, you get an extra 10% off. You might as well do it now because you're going to want it by the time week one comes around, and then you'll have to pay an extra 50 bucks, or actually 75 bucks if you don't use the discount. So you might as well just use the discount right now. Runthesims.com/slash mayo. Smash a like to the button of the episode, by the way. Rate and review of the podcast, all that fun stuff. Sub to the newsletter because we got more and more info. Even if you check out last week's newsletter, you're going to see that there's the secret link show to the part two of the quarterback show I did with Cust and Jeff. I got Levitan on the show this week. I'm pretty hyped up for what we're going to be doing for football season i'll have more announcements with jeff on monday to get this all sorted out the top 150 fantasy football rankings are going to come out next sunday in place of this show hopefully if they all have meanie in studio with me cussed on the line it'll be a ton of fun playing the listeners league run the sims.com slash mayo fantasynational.com slash mayo to get everything on the go let's talk about tbc southwind one of my favorite courses on the PGA Tour season uh, because it's a pure ball striking match. Like, you're not going to win with poor, very poor ball striking. You can even win this tournament with bad puttings. So what we're looking at is 7,238 yards. However, it's a par 70 on Bermuda grass. Par 70 and almost 7,300 yards. That's a lot longer. Than even some of like the 7400 par 72s, just because it's mask distance in that par. So, relative to par, it's actually quite long, and there's water everywhere on this course over 5,000 water balls at TPC Southwind in Memphis. Since 2004, this is the site of the worst beat I still think that I've ever taken as a PGA Tour better. I've been betting on PGA for a very long time now, and far before it was legal in the United States, because I'm not in the United States. I can bet it. It was either 2010 or 2011. I want to say I had money on, at the time, he was a man of a very short putter. It was Bobby Garrigus. So Bobby Garrigus is sitting there on 18 with a three-stroke lead and basically hits his drive like I would, trying not to hit it left and basically duck-hooking it. And it doesn't necessarily... I can't remember if it went in the water or it went to the left of the water and then he tried to play it out of, like, the marsh area left of the water. Anyway, his three-stroke lead evaporated and he had the sweatiest ass of all time. Poor dude was just getting drenched by the Memphis heat. And he's a big dude. He doesn't carry it well. It's just a lot of sweat going on. So I think he was 150 or 200 to 1 that week. It was, like, the biggest... Bad I was ever going to win. I was like, oh my God, all my problems are solved. It is before the days of like live betting. It just, I wasn't doing that at the time. I don't even know if it was available on the site that I was using to wager back then. Uh, and he ended up in a playoff with a, a Lee Westwood ended up winning. So Westwood won. I want to say Robert Carlson was the other guy that ended up in this playoff that just, if he had used a nine iron off the tee, he would have won this event. And he still has never won an event. That's been like over 10 years now. So the site of one of the worst beats I think I've ever taken. I had a bunch of runners up at this tournament over the past few years. But I want to dig into the course itself. So let's jump over to FantasyNational.com to see what's up about FedEx St. Jude Championship. So... This is taking over where the Northern Trust was on the schedule. And again, you can see I have PGA Tour players selected for what I want to look for. Let's just take back a look at last year. Actually, let's go into the course itself first before we do anything. So here's TPC Southwind. And as you can see, oh, it's you're not going to get the, uh, the the old swing at the end. I mean, these are two tough holes, a 505-yard par 4, 453. So the 450 to 500-yard par 4s are going to be pretty pronounced this week. Um, let's see here. Approach more than driving. But if we shrink that down to the top five finishers, we might see a little bit of a different story Uh, even more on approach this week so you want your guys who are dialed in with their irons at this point ball striking more than short game uh and you want to run a hot putter obviously but this is a tournament where as i mentioned before when we go back and look at some of the winners and some of the high-end finishers that it's a good ball striking week can really carry you at this course And even if I take a look at, like, you see, since it was a WGC, minus 13, minus 16, I think it was minus 14 last year in the playoff, uh, it's a pretty difficult course, to tell you the God's honest truth. I like that this is the first one, like big blow-up holes, things like that, uh, and... We introduced the cut line again this year, which is really nice to see. You can see the average shot distribution at you know, 150 plus uh, is where most things are going to end up coming from. With only two par fives, you don't see a lot of 200 plus approach shots, only 15%. percent you look at the whole distribution. You got six. So, uh, sorry. I mean, if we include the one over 500 yards, seven of the par fours are over 450 yards this week. When we take a look at the par fives. Which ones are gettable? Well, they're both pretty gettable, only a 3% eagle rate on number six, 1.5 on number three, but, you know, a birdie or better percentage over 50% on number 16. It's lower on number three. It's only, what, let's see, 33, 35% birdier better rate so you know the first par five number three on the course is not the easiest uh, as we kind of go along with everything you'll see whole number oh this is only the third hardest hole on the course number 12 a 7.1 percent double or worse rate that's awful and the 195 par three number 14 a 5.5 percent number 18 a 5.7 percent big numbers can be had all over this course just with the prevalence of water so watch yourself you want to I mean driving accuracy isn't like super huge here just in general, you can see the driving accuracy is only 56% versus 62%. That's, you know, almost a 10%, not, not 10 percentage points, but a 10% overall factor. Lower in driving accuracy. The greens and regulation percentage, much lower from 66% to 50 to 60%. Not much, much lower. Scrambling rate is way higher. It's not hard to get up and down from this course. One of the easier green complexes uh, to chip onto. So you don't necessarily need to wait that as much. Three putts, a lot lower in your average than your average tour event and you're going to get some of the best players as well so that should help increase that at the same time driving distance much higher i mean not much higher like three yards higher on average than it has been on your regular pga tour event average proximity per green regulation you hit the green regulation you're closer to the hole normally than you are uh, in your average tour event so that's what the course is looking like in itself Let's take a gander at the course history. Three-man playoff a year ago. Abraham answer gets that elusive first career win. And he does it uh, with a, I mean, off the tee, he was fine. You can see just the top five guys on the leaderboard. Even if you go down to basically Bryson, I mean, even Bryson didn't even gain three. You'd have to go to Rory, who was outside of the top 10 to find the only guy who gained over three strokes with his driver for the week. Now, if we go take a search of it, and there was only three guys who gained more. So it wasn't imperative that you had to be awesome off the tee a year ago. You just had to be like, good. Good above average, and even Burns wasn't, and Paul Casey wasn't, Poulter wasn't, Speeth wasn't, I mean, Spieth did it all with chipping and putting, but you can see these approach numbers. That's the consistent trend here. Guys will gain around the green. He can't be bad around the green, although Berger was, but you see Hideki Matsuyama lost in the playoff. He lost a stroke putting. Rory lost almost six combined strokes between short game and putting, and he still came in 12th for the week. Scheffler lost on the greens. Now, the only reason I bring this up is because if you take a look back at 2020, what do we see? Oh, there's Justin Thomas. Tom Lewis came in second. Totally forgot about that. This is the fill year. Yeah, I had a great draft. I, th- I think it was Beroff ended up winning like 250K this week on DraftKings. This is one of my better DraftKings weeks of all time was this specific tournament. I just needed Brooks to win instead of Justin, and I would have been money. Obviously, that didn't happen. Although, when we look at the strokes gained, Justin Thomas lost 1.9 strokes putting. He came in first. Brooks lost almost three strokes putting. He came tied for second. Revi, i had Revi that week, too—lost almost five strokes putting— And he still came in six. You can get away with it if your irons are on point. I'm going to keep hammering down on this. This is why I think this is the Will Zalatoris win week. Uh, We got some luck uh, with Tony Finau last year. It's like, hey, Finau's odds finally slipped. He's perfectly suited for this course. It doesn't really matter what the event is going to win. And this is a perfect type of Will Zalatoris scoring event, like minus 12 to minus 15. You don't have to get to like minus 25 to win in a week like this. So if we go back another year, let's go back to 2019. See what's up here. Oh, Brooks Koepka won. I wonder how he did it. How did he do it? Let's take a look at the strokes gain. How did Brooksy do? Oh, Brooksy did it all with putting. That year, putting really meant everything. You don't see anyone outside of it. But I just found it very interesting that you know, as a WGC, the past few years, that you've had guys that have lost strokes putting that are still either winning or in second place. Uh, it's just kind of crazy that this is one of the courses that can support that. I wouldn't bank on that. Obviously. That's not what you want to go into the week. Man, my guy can lose three strokes budding and still like potentially win this tournament. It's a big ask. You need to be so good in the ball striking department when it comes down to that. However, trying to think about it, it's, it allows for a larger part of the field to get involved, especially when you have your Morikawas or, I mean, Brooks back in the day, hey, there's my Twitter. Didn't mean to click on my Twitter. We need to go through this just a little bit more and try to find out what we want to do for this week. So let's jump into, actually here, I, this is what I'm going to run first before anything. I'm going to go to TPC Southwind, and I just want to get the years of, where are we at? TPC, so i got to keep scrolling for TPC Southwind. A lot of courses here. TPC Southwind, there we go. And we'll call it past 24 rounds, but we'll call it the 2021 2020 and 2019 season. So we've sorted it by the past three seasons 2021, 2022, and 2019. So the WGC events that have been here. So I would expect that TPC Southwind is going to be set up very much like the WGC because it is a FedEx Cup playoff event. So let's take a look at the average results for the people on the PGA Tour. Now, It was a condensed field. Everyone automatically got four rounds. That's not going to be the case this week. So guys could get away with a bad round and still rally going forward. But just kind of take a look at it. Past three years, not everyone's obviously going to be playing in these fields because... You know, they didn't qualify for WGCs. I can, you can see how Pat Kazire wasn't playing in WGCs. Keith Mitchell did, though. Did not play all that great. But here's what we got for strokes gain total. Obviously, Burns, who made a playoff in his only appearance at this course, is going to be averaging 3.1 strokes gain total for everything. Who else pops up here? Answers, not going to be playing this week. So, Berger, who we haven't seen because of injury in quite some time. I'm not sure whether or not he is going to be back for this week. I would guess if he hasn't played, I think, I believe he has enough points to get himself through. Where's Burger in the standards? Yeah. So 79, he's not going to be crippled, but he will still have to have a really good performance at the BMW Championship should he want to advance in the FedEx Cup playoffs. I would guess that at a course where he's won twice in the past has some of the best course history around, even as a part of the WGC. He's been very good at this course. That, you know, even if he doesn't have his full strength, if he's only 75%, 80%, maybe just this course suits his eye. We know that he plays par seven so much better than almost anyone else that this would be a nice point to try to even just get a few if he can squeeze a cut maybe he jumps inside the top actually no he does need to play this event he's outside the top 70 what the hell am I talking about yeah he has to play this event or he's done for the year so yeah Daniel Berger I would expect to see him he's really hurt uh, if he cannot be in the field this week uh Zalatoris I mean I'm I'm gonna roll with my guy Zalatoris this week I like that he's not having the best week at the Wyndham did make the cut on the number but I just like this. It reminds me of Torrey Pines in a weird way of how guys can navigate this course, what you really need to put the emphasis on. You need to be able to drive the ball well. That could mean accuracy, because I mean, answer, Revi, we've seen these guys up there, but you can gain so much with your driver, and then it's all about the irons. Put yourself into the right spot for your right iron and just go ham and try to make enough putts where you don't putt yourself out of the tournament. And you see Zalatoris, 2.1 in his start last year, gained on the greens a year ago as well at this tournament. So now, Brooks, you got Scheffler, played very well, lost strokes putting at this course, remember. Hideki, not quite sure where his health status is at, although after he pulled the WD in Minnesota, he was out hitting like, three woods out of the rough practicing the week after. So I think that he's going to be fine. Uh, Lowry has played well at this course before. Remember, when you search course history for this one, this one's just so strange uh, when you try to use any sort of system because it has changed names three times. It's taken over for other tournaments. Like if you look at the quote-unquote WGC course history for Shane Lowry, it will show a win at this tournament. But it wasn't at this course. It was at the Bridgestone when he ended up winning. That's why I wanted to sort by the past three years, just so we only get these ones in what we want to filter. What else do we got going on here? Revi, I mean, Revi played it well once. He didn't play it so well the other time. Remember, Cam Smith in, like the middle of the woods at this course. Uh, but we haven't seen him since the Open Championship. Ram Morikawa, You know, they're gaining strokes when they're out there. So it's not the end of the world for them. So we have a lot of guys. It's going to be tough to really parse through. I mean, we're looking at a very small sa- sample of three years in a limited field event for course history. So I just wanted to take a look to see if there were some names that jumped to the top immediately and potentially stuck Out And I was happy to see that my guy, Will Zalatoris, is still up there. Maybe even go back to Sam Burns. I mean, the dude has won three times on the PGA Tour already this season.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: our next partner has a product I use literally every day, except for a few days, a few weeks ago, because I ran out of athletic greens. And it was absolutely devastating, because it's like all-in-one health insurance for myself to give me the energy I need in the mornings. I want to be Logie in the mornings. I, wanna, I love bacon as much as the next guy, but I can't just load up on carbs and bacon in the morning and not feel a little bit run down by, like, noon. No. For my breakfast, I just pound some athletic greens ...into my system, it gives me more energy, it's helping my immune system, it's giving me better gut health... ...and frankly, because I've been dealing with a calf injury, I haven't been able to run this gut, and get a little bit bigger... ...so I need more gut health than ever these days. So Athletic Greens, I got my shipment in the mail, my wife and I looked at each other and we're like, whew, we got energy for the day... ...and I like living an active lifestyle, I need to have this high energy and Athletic Greens with its 75 high quality vitamins... ...and minerals, whole foods, superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens... Really helping me out here. I didn't realize how much this stuff affected my day-to-day life when I wasn't taking it. How much energy Athletic Greens was giving me all of the time, every single day. So I be mean my healthiest and best self with everything that goes along with it. It really helped my mental clarity and alertness. You need to be sharp when you do these shows. People don't think of me as a sharp, because I'm not. But when doing these shows, you need to be quick-witted. You need to be alert. AG1 Athletic Greens helps with that. And AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's one thing you can do every single day. You can plan on it. You wake up, you take your athletic greens and it helps you take care of yourself. You're investing in an all in one nutritional insurance. And right now it's time to reclaim your health and immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially with flu and cold season coming. The cold weather is coming. It's just one scoop every day in water. And that's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements. Just Athletic Greens. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is giving you a free 1-year supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com/mayo. Again, that's athleticgreens.com/mayo to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. We jump over to the modeling for the week. We can see what we got's going on here. Where are we at? TPC Southwind. TPC It's probably under Memphis, if I had to guess. Match play. No. Uh St. Jude? Yeah, St. Jude quality. As well, i like to see that. How did I have this rigged in the past? 20% ball striking, which combines off the tee and approach strokes gained approach. 15% off the tee, 10%. So a more of an overload on both of those stats. Greens and regulation gained. because there are very few three putts at this course. So just hit it in the green and regulation. And as you saw earlier, the proximity rate on greens and regulation was lower here, which is good. So they're shorter birdie putts than they are at your average tour course. Par fours in general, par fours 450 to 500 yards at 5%. Opportunities gained at 5%. Driving distance at 5%. And accuracy at 5%. A bit of everything going on here and I did choose to leave putting out of this one I've been working putting more into the model obviously lately than I had been in the past you can go back and check out that show that I did with Brandon Degula about putting from 5 to 10 feet 5, 5 10 to 15 feet and how that's a little bit stickier uh, than a lot of different ones so you're gonna see some outrageous numbers because I do have it sorted for PGA Tour players overall uh, so some guys who are not in the field who are going to end up being here so like Dustin Johnson Kevin Stadler and Brooks Kepka. Uh, So the overall rankings actually do show Daniel Berger at number one. I don't know what to do with Daniel Berger should he end up playing solely because it's just been so long since I've seen him. I don't know where the hell his game is at at the moment. Let's see what what have we seen from Berger. Missed the cut at the—we haven't seen him since the U.S. Open? Really? He was fifth at Memorial before that— it hasn't been the best year, but he's played well at the places where he generally plays well. Like he's won at Colonial in the past was T23 this year. He's played well at Memorial. I think it was his first really good run at Memorial. You know, decent run You know, at the Honda. That's been one of his jams over the years. So it hasn't been a great year for Daniel Berger. And it's just really hard to figure out where he's going to be at with the injury status. Mullenix will be in the field. I mean, dude has a win. He's got to be in the field, right? Mullenix. Where are you at? Mullenix. Yeah, 69th in the standings. So Trey Mullenix, potentially someone that we can look at. Again, we're sorting by the past 24 rounds overall. Since his win, let's see what he has been up to. He won at the Matt Wiley Classic at the Mervisole. And he's made, I mean, he's T21 at the Open, at the Rocket Mortgage. Does he have any St. Jude history? Yeah, he was 6th and 18th at the St. Jude back in the day when it was an easier event. But full field... Uh, against a weaker field, obviously this is going to be a stronger field. But interesting to see that Trey Molniks pops up right away. So you no, know, Molniks we're going to add you to the short list, pal. Of someone maybe deeper in the DraftKings pricing that we could potentially go to. Not great at the fairways, but it's been really good at everything else. Uh, Mullenix is another one of my biggest bad beats of all time. Valero, when he tried to drive number 17, left it just short. He had the bunker in his way and just chunked it into the bunker. It was kind of crazy to think about. Uh, Billy, Hur- I don't think Webb Simpson's going to be in, is he? Webb's not making the playoffs? Yeah, Webb's on the outside looking in. Poor Webb. He done. He gone. He gone see. Billy Ho is going to be there. Billy Ho actually rates out really well. I believe back in the day before the WGCs that Billy Horschel was home. I mean, we know that he's a playoff performer. You don't have a FedEx Cup win under your belt if you're not a playoff performer. So St. Jude, oh, say typing Jude? Hey, Jude. Yeah, pretty good run over the years uh, at the St. Jude Classic. And then even as a WGC, never finished worse than 25th. Now, mind you, there's like 64 players in that field. It's not the greatest. But he has these greens figured out for sure. Ran his irons really hot a lot of those years. What's his form like coming in? 21st at the Open, not so bad. Made the cut at the window in his first appearance since the Open Championship. He has the win at Memorial. So Billy Ho, someone we could potentially look at. All right, so I like where Billy Ho is going with this. I want to go by 450 to 500 yards to see who really rates out the top there. Oh, it's Mullenix. Of course it is. Snadler, Rory, Poston, Reavy still. I mean, Reavy did get a win at the Barracuda three weeks ago, so it's not impossible to see him doing that. Seamus Power is another one. Uh, not their best power. Not their best fairway accuracy. Um, why do I... Oh, because I still have everything at Southwind. I'm such an idiot. Of course it's going to show me all the guys who are good here. I didn't switch it off of... I still had it on Southwind. I didn't have it at all courses. Look at me, being an idiot. I should really cut this out of the show, but you know what? I'm not going to. Because it did show me a few guys that maybe I do want to target, including, I guess, Seamus Power. Once we rattle everything off, I was wondering why it was only showing me guys who have played well at TPC Southwind over the years. We'll let, everything, we'll let the model load itself back in over the past 24 rounds and see who it gives us now. Finau, number one. Makes more sense that Berger's not number one. So Finau, Rory, Xander, Thomas, Lowry. Those are your top five. Then you got Connors, Zalatoris, Sungjae, Scotty, Sheffler, Matthew, Fitzpatrick. That is the entire top ten. You got Aaron Wise. You got some Scott Stallings action. Let's see how these guys have played over the years. Now that it's not just spitting out, spitting us out exactly who we want to see. Uh, Steele's another one. Steele's been playing pretty well in the ball striking department. Can't make a putt to save his life. Well sounds like that could be a good solution for him here Cameron Young just sets up so perfectly for this course as well although the approach hasn't been as good as you think now some of his best approach weeks have come at courses where we just don't have the data like the open championship I mean driving was such a part of that for him just look at this run so good but even at the rocket mortgage like he barely beat the field on approach it was all driving all chipping and that was even with a hole out from like a 200 yards or something which probably gave him like 1.9 strokes gain on that one shot alone did everything else well we've seen him run hotter with his irons. But he's not the best approach player, and we saw that was of the utmost importance. So, I'm not saying that Cameron Young is going to have a bad week. I don't believe that because he's just playing so well coming in. You can see he can piece it together. When you gain that much off the tee and you can putt, it's a good recipe for success. It's basically the bright this right here is the Bryson strategy to winning but with better chipping when it comes down to it. So, you can most definitely win but at a pure approach course, I would temper my expectations a little bit. It might keep me off of him. We'll see what the pricing is, what the odds are coming in. Aaron Wise. So yeah, Wise has been kind of up and down. Has he been at the St. Jude? He was in 2018 at the WGC St. Jude. I believe that was at the Bridgestone, though. It was 2018. Yeah, that was at Firestone. So we don't need to worry about that a little bit. It's just funny how tournaments get renamed and the only way to dump them into a system is to do things like that. So let's take a look. Listen, Brendan Grace, he had the, sorry, Brennan Grace, Brennan Steele, uh, we were all on him at the 3M, you know, he lost six strokes putting. Now, he can't lose six strokes putting and win this tournament, but if we're thinking top 10 or something like that for Brennan Steele, the approach continues to be great. The ball striking department has been fantastic. He's pretty poor around the greens, although he's been better as of late, trading good and bad performances and not losing too many to the field. And now, albeit, this is going to be a much stronger field tournament than he's used to. But if he can just be around average around the greens and that's not be the worst. Although, again, this is a course where you can get away with that a little bit. I think it actually looks pretty good for him, to tell you the truth. Uh, St. Jude, he's never really played well here, although this one's at Firestone. He did one appearance in 2013, played poorly, missed the cut. So basically zero experience at the course. But uh, I think that Brennan Steele is someone that we could potentially still get back behind stallings continues to come in with dylan levels of hot fire at the moment saint Jude he does have a second place finish at the saint jude in his career he only has the one missed cut in his past six starts has not played it as a wgc only exclusively played it as the saint jude invitational against the weaker field but again you still had to rally to make the cuts those weeks it wasn't a no-cut event so stallings hell he continues to be in this good form if we're looking for guys from the middle to the bottom of the pack this is where we need to go to you can pick your poison up at the top i very clearly said that i'm in on will z sounds like i like billy ho a little bit as well so those two guys i'm in on and then we haven't seen mito in a while have we mito poor mito got himself cursed at the open championship he's missed four consecutive cuts now basically since Cust jumped on the bandwagon for mito he's missed four straight cuts so Big shocker for Mito, but maybe some time off. Maybe he was injured. Maybe he can be over that. We'll see. This could be a good Vic course as well. Like there's a lot of water, but as we saw, uh, it wasn't you know, the craziest thing. And we know the ball striking really reemerged at the Open Championship when he came forth because it had been very dicey for him. Around the green, a little bit easier at this course than a lot of other courses. The putter hasn't been a problem. Dude can putt. So maybe Vic, uh, kind of out of sight, out of mind. Everyone kind of feels let down. Everyone, It's not that everyone feels let down by him on the Sunday at St. Andrews. Just no one really used Vic. And then they saw him a lot on TV, playing in the Rory group, and he just couldn't get it done. It was the first time he really contested at a major mind you and if you can get back to these numbers from earlier on in the year from api and the genesis and the players where he's just bombing it off the tee hitting all the fairways and the approach is just so pure you know start rolling in some putts and all of a sudden you're looking a little bit better bermuda is his worst surface but it's not like crippling by any means he's gained plenty on bermuda as well Like just take a look going back to that stretch that i just talked about he lost the players, uh, like, greatly. Uh, he still came in ninth place and lost almost six strokes combined between chipping and putting. But the week before, Arnold Palmer, that's Bermuda 2.1. That's all we need from him. So I'm not really sweating it too much. Game two at the Valspar as well. That's also on Bermuda Greens. So it's not like you put him on Bermuda Greens, all of a sudden the guy is just completely lost. Now, that's not the case. Vic should be okay. And I think that on paper, when you think about, like, Brooks and Hideki and those type of guys, yes, their short games are far superior to Vicks but I think that outside of that he fits that mold really really well who else can we potentially take a look at Adam Long coming off a of WD at the Wyndham Championship not sure what the problem was I don't even know if he's in the FedEx Cup tell you the truth he should be yeah he's number 76 he's right by uh, Daniel Berger so who would be the guys at like the very bottom who like need to sneak themselves in poor smother man Where's Smotherman? Smotherman was actually 125 once you took out all of the live guys. Uh, or maybe these are being updated live. So maybe this is actually what it's looking like right now. Yeah, Webb on the outside looking in. Schwab didn't make the cut. You know, Johnny. Oh, my God. Johnny question marks. There we go. Good for him. Getting himself in. It's funny It's funny that, like, Callum Taron feels like he's been playing much better golf, yet he's only 118th in the FedEx Cup stand. It's kind of crazy to think about. Oh, my God. How the hell is Nick Watney in the playoffs? Good God. He kept his tour card? That that can't be true. No nick watney he's not good at anything how is how did he get enough points what did he have like one set oh he played really well at the api didn't he was that the one where he was like kind of in it i oh, had a nice run 55th 30th 20th 66 how the hell is this working oh second at the sanderson farms there we go and sometimes the second place finish and when you gain 11.7 strokes putting it's probably going to be Good enough to get yourself through into the playoffs. That's crazy. How many FedEx Cup points does he have in general? He's ahead of Jason Day. That's insane. Uh, 387 FedEx Cup points. We would have got 250 that week. Yeah, make a few cuts after that. And apparently, you're still good after the Live Guys leave to be in the PGA Tour FedEx Cup playoffs. So it's uh, just insane to think about Nick Watney being in the playoffs right now. In my uh, model rank for the week with uh, all of the PGA Tour players, he's 224th, in case you were wondering. We keep going down, top 50, you got the T-Dunks, you got the Gala, Brian Harmon, Keegan Bradley, Kurt Kitayama, hmm, Pendrith, Spieth. Be interesting with Spieth to see what he does here. How has the ball striking been with Spieth? Don't quite remember. He hasn't played since the Open Championship, and that didn't have anything. Genesis didn't have anything, so, Yeah. Really, not much ado about anything there. Let's take a look at Luke List because I think Luke List is sort of like a prototype for what could be done really well at this course. Now, obviously, he's not in the best form right now. 2017, that was at this wasn't at that course. So and he's made the cut all three times, gained across the board. Can't figure out these greens whatsoever. Classic Luke List performance stuff right there. You know, gaining everything to you to green, but hey, if you end up with a decent week. Maybe you can swing something together. Keith Mitchell, also a pretty decent look. I think He's he was on the move Saturday at the Wyndham when we looked at it. Um, you know, he had some pretty decent performances so far this year. You know, Bermuda, Keith Mitchell, that's where you want him for the most part. Oh, he's been putting really well on bent grass, too, uh, and POA. So he's just been putting well some spike weeks at that. Can he get the approach back where it needs to be? That's left to be seen. But it seems like the week at the Wyndham is going well for him, so maybe that can factor in a little bit. I mean, play Keith. I didn't realize you should play Keith Mitchell in windy conditions or in really difficult rounds. So I think those two, Keith Mitchell. Let's throw Keith, kill a Keith onto the list and see what's going on with him as he played here. He played the 2019 St. Jude that was at this course. Couldn't chip, couldn't putt, but still came 39th in a WGC area. Not the end of the world. I like that he does have a bit of experience with this, and I think that he's probably a better player right now. That was the year that he won the Honda, I think. Hatton not looking good, although he could be looking good at the, uh, at the Wyndham, depending on how it goes. So let's try to increase this size just a little bit more. Let's take a look at the past 75 rounds to see if anyone... It kind of jumps off the page, goes down the list. uh, Because really what we're looking for are the sleepers here. You know the guys that you should be playing. Rory, Justin Thomas, Cam Smith. Like The guys who have been playing well all year. Xander, Finao. These are the ones who are riding hot coming in. That's usually where you want to be. It's about figuring out this middle tier and the back-end tier for DraftKings or top 10 bets. So far we got Mullenix, Billy Ho, Power Ivan, Asterix next to, Keith Mitchell. And that says, I I thought it said... Robert Streb, for a second, it says Bread and steel in my chicken scratch handwriting. So does anyone else pop up past 75 rounds that shouldn't be there? Mito gets better the longer you go back. There should be a good Sung Jae course, too. Now, if he wins at the Wyndham, you know, all bets are off when it comes down to it because his odds and pricing will just be so outrageous that you probably don't want any part of him. Scheffler, like I mentioned, I mean, Scheffler's still playing well. That's kind of the funny part about everything. Like, we just go take a look at how Scotty's doing. Missed the cut at the Genesis. Yeah, I just it was not a great week for him. But overall, like the putter has gone away. You can see why he won all those tournaments. He putted well. Now, he's not putting well, but the irons, the ball striking, like, they're still there. He's T21 at the open, second at a major, first at a major, 21st at a major, and he missed the cut at a major. Still a pretty good run for old Scotland Scheffler. So you might be able to catch the world's number one player in the pricing because he's not hot right now coming in. He's like the anti-Hansel, so not hot right now. And he might be the highest price player. He might be the second or 3rd highest price player. But no one's really going to want him in terms of overwhelming chalk at ownership, maybe even in the odds market. He might be like fourth in odds coming into this week. Usually a good time to jump on Scotty Scheffler in that sense. We find the hottest players on the PGA Tour coming in right now. Obviously, with back-to-back wins, it's going to be now, And we'll jump back to the past 75 in a second. So recent form. Just so I have this in the, the time codes for everything. Finau, Taron, Grio, Smith, Davis. There's Mullenix. There's Taylor Moore. JT Poston, Pendrith. Fleetwood's not playing, as I already mentioned. Hubbard got himself into the playoffs, so he should be up there. Wasn't a great week for Streelman at the window. I don't know, it really should have been uh, in terms of just strokes gain total overall. Uh, but, I mean, some of these guys haven't played in a while. If they didn't play the Open or the Genesis, some of them played easier tournaments. So it is skewed a little bit once you get to this portion of the season. But it's still worth noting that these guys come in in some pretty good form. Merrick comes in in good form. Hatton's form is trending up. Wyndham Clark is another one who continues to do pretty well. I don't wonder if he's ever played St. Jude. I don't know if he was, like, any good back when it was still an Invitational. <coughs> he hasn't. So he'll be a first timer at the course. The approach is never good with Wyndham Clark. It's almost sort of like the homeless man's version of what Cam Smith does. You want him to gain a bunch off the tee, a bunch on the greens, marginal in around the green, and hope that the irons don't kill him. That's what you're looking for. But you can see, like even at the Canadian, he became seventh and he gained eleven strokes putting and lost three point one. On approach, so I think at this course you might be setting yourself up for failure if he doesn't have one of those huge spike weeks. As it turns out, with the with the putter, because the irons just aren't good enough to carry him. We just take a look at approach overall. It's Henley. It's Morikawa still over the past seventy five rounds. Uh, I think I'm probably. I mean, Morikawa might be like thirty three to one this week. It's been a bad run. Back to back missed cuts overseas. He was fifth at the U.S. Open, so he's missed three of his four ba- past starts doesn't have a finish. He has. It's funny, his two best finishes are at the Masters and the U.S. Open since the Masters. This should be a course that's good for him. He's accurate off the tee. His irons are amazing. Sometimes he can putt, sometimes he can't. And he can get away with a poorer putting performance. We've seen him win on Bermuda at the concession in the past. I like it, but you know, it's, it's going to be hard to get to that number just because he hasn't been all that great. Although if you look long term, it's fantastic when it comes to approach. Berger's still up there. Lowry, Zalatoris. This is another one where I'm going to throw Lowry on this list. Because the driving has been eh. It's been eh. I mean, this is out of, I mean, fuck how many players is on here. Uh, 230, something you'll know, dead last in strokes gained off the tee. So we have 236 players. When you think about it, Lowry is still inside the top 100. It's not great, but it's not like debilitating at the same time. But 5th in approach, 7th in Gurr. Ninth in this longer par four distance. He hasn't been putting at all. And that's been a real problem. But again, if you can mask that a little bit, I think that can go a long way. Obviously, Thomas is playing well. Hideki is going to be up there in terms of the irons. We have to to make sure that he's healthy. So Hideki Tracker is where you want to go to. And this is for the long form once again. Who are like the worst players who are down here? You got List. Mito continues to show his face up on here. Wise, Adam Scott, Hubbard, and Connors. Graham and Probably not going to be Graham Dillette this week as he is retired. Knox, Svensson. Who has Knox been playing? I mean, I should just check in with Feinberg because I think he like brings up Russell Knox every single week. Another guy who can't putt, but irons have been all right. All right. The drive, the driving hasn't been great. If he's not hitting fairways, like he's absolute toast because he has absolutely no distance off the tee. So, yeah, probably a pass on Russell Knox. Lanto Webb. Norin. Maybe, maybe on Noren. He had the nice run at the Barracuda, which isn't in the system. But that's still good news. It's still good news that he had a nice performance at what was more so a birdie fest. But how has he played at St. Jude over the years? All right, so he played in the WGC and came 12th, then he played at Bridgestone the year before that. Did not gain on approach whatsoever, but figured out the greens that week. But we can see that the approach had not been great. It was firing earlier on in the year. You can see those high-end performances. Then he had the good one at the Barracuda, which we don't have Strokes gain stats for, but still, I think that's a pretty good, maybe bottom of the tier, assuming that he's in the playoffs. With those finishes, he's got to be. Yeah, Noren's 59 in the standing. So, Noren is most definitely going to be in the field in Memphis. So, That's what I'm looking for. Obviously, I'll have more on what is going on with the betting front with myself and jeff feinberg monday on the pat mayo experience the sub to mayo media network for the video version sub to the pat mayo experience audio podcast for the podcast versions rate and review while you're there as well to make sure that you don't miss it it's the last full field event of the pga tour season that's exciting i love cut events like the bmw is fine it has like the 70 best players in the not best players in the world but like it has 70 of the best hundred players in the world, which is great. We're not going to get Tom Kim, unfortunately. I guess, unless he wins the window. I think that would actually get him into the playoffs because that would give him a full card. He's earned his card for next year and his temporary membership for the rest of this season, but I just, the rules are wonky when it comes to the FedEx Cup playoffs. I think he needs a win in order to qualify, a lot like Zalatoris last year. Zalatoris was so high up in the FedEx Cup standings. Was it last year or two years ago? Now I can't even remember. I think it was last year. Two years ago? Yeah, it was two years ago, where he needed to win in order, like, like, he go. Like, he came over, he won, he automatically gets his card, locks up that status that qualifies him for the playoffs. As a temporary special member, Zalators didn't qualify for the playoffs, despite having far more than enough points to actually qualify. Sometimes the PGA Tour is stupid when they do stupid things like this, and... Hopefully they can work to rectify some of the stuff. Like the cut line at the Wyndham when Smotherman had to make the 12-footer in order to push the cut line from minus one to minus two. He ends up missing the putt, then double bogeying the final hole at number 125 in the FedEx Cup standings to take himself out of the playoffs. Has to go to Corn Fairy Q School in order to get his card now. That is devastating. So if he makes the putt, we all want him to miss cuz we want the cut to be minus 1. But we know a lot of people had smotherman at the same time. Like that's really devastating stuff. All he has to do is make that bird, birdie then bogey. He has his tour card. Goes par par, has his tour card. But no, couldn't get it done. Uh comes back out in the morning, didn't want to take the putt last or on Friday evening. It's cut sweat for the ages, and it allowed seven or eighty-seven guys to end up making the cut. And it pushed the six of six percentage on DraftKings from, I believe, three point seven percent to eighteen point six percent. trust me, I have a lot more six of six. I would have had none if it was minus two, and I have like 40% of my lineups now that it's minus one. So, uh, it's not really helping me out that much because I, I only have so much. I have my Tom Kim, John He, Sung J M lineup is a three of six, which is just devastating. Stupid Munoz. Give your head a shake, Munoz. You were at like minus five at one point. Idiot. Ah, oh, Munoz, absolutely killing me. Anyway, playing the Listener's League, final one of the year for golf. Uh, I will announce the, I'll hopefully have the NFL one starting this week sometime or next week. I'll announce it on the golf show, fantasynational.com slash mayo to get that discount. Run the sims.com slash mayo to get that 10% discount off the DFS uh, and DFS and betting tools for the year. If you love Fantasy National, you're going to love run the sims.com plus it has the optimizer unlike fantasy national so if you really want to run your own projections it is the spot where you want to be, uh, and no one's on there giving you the advice. There's tutorials on how to use the system, obviously, but any way that you want to customize it, like Fantasy National, it'll spit you out fantasy points, spit you out projections. If you want to run your props models, your betting models, you can do that all on sims.com slash mayo for that extra 10% off. Price goes up August 15, so get in now. It's up to the newsletter while you're here too. That will do it for me. I'm Pat Mayo. Smash the like. I'll see
0: you next time.
2: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality.